0: Hello to all of our viewers. Good morning to those in the Far East, and good evening to those here in downtown Great Barrington, Massachusetts. What's so fucking funny, Rafa? I'm just trying out a couple beautiful, of different openings. Right? Like, a great. beautiful night. I that was, I thought was a was really great. beautiful night in Greek. We we don't have any people in the Far East. <laughs> I don't know. We gotta pump the uh the we'll ad get, spend. We'll uh, get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's yeah, yeah. our little Dream big. You know, what is
1: it? Let, let your light shine. You know? This little light of mine Josh. <laughs> just let it shine. <laughs> let it shine, let it shine. I mean LeBron
0: made it big out there, like, you know. Yeah. You never know. Okay, well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bunch Podcast here, recording live on a beautiful, absolutely fucking beautiful Wednesday (laughs) evening here. Temperature has finally broken. We got down. I think we're sitting at like 72 degrees right now with like cool breeze. Beautiful sky. Yeah, blue sky. Mm -hmm little bit of rain we got the other day, went ahead and made everything a little bit greener. And mm. as I was walking around the golf course today, I was like, this is quintessential Berkshire yeah. season. This like, we are like, in yeah. it. Yeah. So let's take note of that yeah. for the next couple of days and yeah. continue to enjoy it. Because I feel like last summer, we just like... Bang rolled through like a wet summer, and then it was winter, and yeah. we like never got yeah. to like have yeah. those perfect days where you're like. Gosh.
2: Well,
1: we did. We had beautiful days in the beginning of this summer. This there was summer. some cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah no, but like last
2: the- summer, it yeah, was we've like just bang. been hit with the heat. The last yeah.
0: month though has yeah. been just hot and dry. Hot and dry. Yeah. Hot and dry. Poor farmers. Yeah. Quick yeah. shout out to the farmers who are going through all kinds of irrigation issues, yeah. sprinklers. Uh, for those that don't follow Max Morningstar on Instagram, if you want to see uh, some comedy in farming and what <laughs> the, let's get Max on the show because he's let's fucking hilarious and, and he works really hard and we'd love to do that. But tonight, welcome to the podcast. We have Terry and Terry visiting in the house. Some of the coolest motherfuckers on the block.
1: Oh, <laughs> You just answered my question. Apparently, we can swear this is like... We talked about it a lot in the (laughs) beginning.
0: I don't think any of our sponsors are going to be like, you know, child focused and it is a hospitality podcast of sorts and I don't know if I have the filter to let... It'll happen. But we have have Terry and Terry here visiting us from the Granville House, one of the greatest new additions to our community. man. Thank you. And so happy to have you here. Welcome. Thank, thank you. you. We thank are you. thrilled to be here. Good. Yeah.
3: I literally, when I was watching and seeing the uh, podcast on on uh, Instagram, and I was like, damn, how do I get onto this? <laughs> and I literally was like, ready to corner you and be like, hey, so what's up with that? what do I got to do to get on this podcast? And then when I got the call, I was like,
0: yes. <laughs> Didn't even have to ask. So thank you. I'm, we're honored. Yeah. <laughs> so great to have you guys here. So. I've got I've got so many questions to ask, and a lot of topics that I want to get into. But uh, to start us off, please tell our viewers. I mean, so many of us that are local don't even really know. I mean, I mention yeah. all the time. am like, oh, Terry and Terry from the Granville. They're like, what's that? And I'm like, 41 North Plain Road and and Division. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, I've I've read articles, I've seen great press, I've heard good things, but like they don't really know that it exists because we're. We all have here. houses. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's a topic for another day that a lot of us don't have houses. But mm-hmm. tell us about your operation, what brought you here to the Berkshires, and uh, what it is that you two do so very well. That's you, hun.
3: Um, i I'll, I'll start. So we uh, opened uh, two, a little over two years ago, July 1, 2020, <laughs> right in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, we um, have always had a dream of... Opening up a bed and breakfast, and uh, on our very first date, um, we both worked at Gramercy Tavern in New York City, and uh, I.
1: It's where I we learned to do everything think we, we do. Yes,
3: but uh, we we worked together for a number of months, probably about six nine months, until I I uh, worked up the courage to ask Terry on our very fr- my first date. I um, said on that first date we went to Tabla. Um, And I said, What is your dream in life? And she said, One day, I want to run a bed and breakfast. And I immediately, uh, never, that thought had never in a million years crossed my brain. And I immediately blurted out, Oh my God. That's exactly what I want to do. Because <laughs> I, I was just madly time. in love. And, um, you know, I, I like to joke that it if works. she said I wanted to one day open a circus, I would have immediately taken <laughs> juggling lessons and fucking put on clown makeup and be like, me too. Uh, but um, we, uh, you know, from our first date, this was a goal. And then uh, it kind of went away for a little while and then came back and then... Uh, when it finally came back, we said, it's time to do this. And we we knew we always wanted it to be in Great Barrington, which hopefully at some point we'll get more in detail with. Um, but we love this area. And once we made the decision to pull the trigger, we um, we did so. And we wanted to be in this area. And uh, we um, we made the decision pre-COVID and then were under... Um, you know, uh, renovations and whatnot and making the transition. And then um, about um, a week and a half before we were complete with our construction, uh, the world shut down with COVID. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, thank God we had the most amazing contractor who is a shout dear friend of yours. Shout out Shimmy. Shout out Shimmy. Uh, shout out Shimmy. And I'm just going to call it out because I saw, I did my homework on the podcast and I watched and I heard you say if anyone mentions the hat, they get invited to the party okay. to be able to drink from that. <laughs> yes. So I'm calling it. I'm invited to that party. A gift from Shimmy, which is such a Shimmy. I mentioned gift, it before we were on the podcast. It's so. amazing. But no, Shimmy's the best. And, um, we had a week and a half remaining of construction uh, when the world shut down, and that was Shimmy with a team of, like, seven guys. And he said, look, I'm going to do a Shimmy impression right now. I got to send my guys home.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, uh, you know, if you give us full access to the house, I with maybe one or two more guys... Can probably, you know, finish the work not in one and a half weeks, but, you know, probably I think maybe six weeks. And um, he was so, spy-eyed. he was fucking awesome. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, not bad, right? That's very good. I hope he listens to this. No. You need to get him on this.
0: Uh, we will. We you will. know, he's in Israel right now. Yeah. yeah. But, little,
3: but little um, you know, Shimmy, uh, uh, finished it in about six weeks, and uh, with him and like one or two more guys, very carefully. And and uh, but anyway, long story short, to answer your question, we we ended up finishing open in 2020, and we are a um, uh, July of 2020, and we are a small five guest room uh, bed and breakfast here in Great Barrington, and couldn't be more excited to be doing what we're doing. Awesome.
0: Now I got the. The pleasure of of staying with you both for a night and getting the the full treatment. And which what a was, night it was for you! It was it was so much fun. I don't even <laughs> yeah. remember what I think it was. Was it our anniversary or Emily's birthday last summer mm-hmm. or two summers ago? Yeah, whenever it was, two, was, yeah, yeah. But I think somebody just told me actually it was a customer, right? Oftentimes, my servers come up to me and they're like, yo, you got to go talk to Table 20. Like, they're cool as shit. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so I pull up a chair and start chatting with them. And I'm like, where you guys come from? Oh, here in New York. Where are you staying? Oh, we're staying at the Granville house. I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, you don't know about the Granville house? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, like, tell more. I'm like, shots. And and they're like, you need to, like, this is the only place we stay. We love it. It's amazing. Like, it's so cool. You got to go check it out. And sure enough, that night I remember sitting at the bar with my laptop, taking a look at it. And then I think I like called and left a voicemail. You did. <laughs> yeah.
3: And I called you right back.
0: Called me right back and it was yeah. like, hey, we've been meaning to like chat. And I'm we like, should, hey. we need
3: to know each other.
0: Yeah. And you're like, well, come on down. Like, let's do it. And yeah. and sure enough, we showed up. And I think it was I give credit to you guys because you guys have like breathed the life into it and given it such a personality and shimmy did such an amazing job of like of of giving you the bones you know behind yeah. it and even though he told you the color wasn't right and then you <laughs> you vetoed his decision he and he and he was wrong and he was so glad that he was wrong <laughs> but what a great combination to walk in there and just parking the car and immediately feeling like i'm somewhere special and i'm not going anywhere tonight
1: <laughs> you know thank you I- we have, uh, when we show our guests around, often I'm saying, there is a lot of space to just do nothing. Mm-hmm. And coming to the Berkshires, there's so much you can do or not do. And I think getting away is, uh, so much of getting away is just that, just, just stopping. And something that I think we were really, I mean, so grateful to the house itself for having the space and the areas to present Spaces for a moment, whatever that may be, whether it's the rocking chair on the porch or the hammock out back or the Adirondack chair by the river. It's a space where you have your moment of uh, relaxed, released, whatever that may be. And uh, we're not the kind of people who go on vacation and and do lots of things. We do some things Mm -hmm. and we do lots of nothing (laughs) to just, you know, be. It, It just feels good to be the caretakers of this space to live in it happily and enjoy it as, as our space and see guests enjoying the space and having their uh, relaxed yeah. moments.
0: And you even gave me uh, a, an ability to take that moment of ah uh, home with me in that you guys have a music room which is filled with records and every single room has a little record player in it Mm -hmm. and that was the coolest thing and i'm sure everybody thinks it's the coolest thing Mm -hmm. to like go downstairs and check out some records bring it up to your room, play and that night i immediately ordered a record player Mm -hmm. from amazon and and I, i i never would have like put two and two together like oh if i buy a record player and a couple of records i can find peace for a couple of moments and like have a happy place but it's only because when i open up that little record player suitcase and play a record it actually takes me back to the Granville house Aww. in memory not a song or this or that Aww. it's it's specific to like only only 10 minutes away there's a place where i was calm happy and completely fulfilled and i'm going to take a moment to appreciate that even in my own home or Mm. kitchen or dish pit sometimes <laughs> nights get really rough and i'm like get me the fucking two <laughs> that's just
1: so My nice My zen moment that's beautiful thank it's, you um,
3: you know for us it was interesting because we knew there there's a lot of decisions you have to make when you open up a lodging establishment what's your kid policy what's your dog policy what's your tv breakfast. policy yeah. And we knew we did not want to have TVs in the rooms. I was very um, conscious. Very conscious of that. And for the most part, I think most guests have v- totally vibed with that. They, occasionally, you have someone that's like... Around the you, Super Bowl. What do you mean there's not a TV? Yeah, usually it's on un- Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. But um, but I, I said, well, I don't want to have TVs. I want to have... Um, I, I've collected vinyl for, I don't know, 10 years yeah. or so. And I said let's put record players in in each room and we'll just put my vinyl collection out in this. There was this little tiny room right off of it. It was like, right a, of, it was like a powder of room. Ba- yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Like, what do you do with that tiny room?
3: It's like, room. And so room. we said, well, let's make that the record room. And so we put, you know, these record players in the room. And, and what I love about it is, you know, in this day and age, with technology, you could name a song right now, and within yeah. ten seconds, I could pull it up on my phone, and we could play it. We have instant access to everything, but there's something about the um, the, the process, process yeah. of and the enjoyment of and and granted, these record players that we have in the rooms, they're not super high fidelity. No. They're not no. great sound. No. You know, it's not that pure, but it's there's something about the process. And I'm so glad that you shared that with us because I would say there's been probably at least a dozen or fifteen guests that have said that same thing that they said I was I had so much fun yeah. listening to records that I went out and bought a record player. I a record player. And I just I love that. Um, but you know there there's some uh, there a guest I'll I'll share this uh, story that one guest shared with me once, which was um, he also was was totally digging on the the record player and we got into this whole conversation about it. And the idea that it's more about the process Mm. than the finished product. And he compared it to his ritual every morning with coffee. So Obviously, coffee comes in many different shapes and forms. You have Keurig makers where you just push a button and it comes. You have a a a Mac, you know, you know the the Mister Coffee machine where you put it, you scoop it, and you boom. And but he had um, he was a Chemex purist, and every morning he said, "I make I I grind my beans, and I have a Chemex machine. I heat my water and I pour it over." And most people think I'm insane because it, it takes like 20 minutes for me to get my cup of coffee. But, but it's a ceremony. I get so much joy mm. out of that process. And the finished product is really good as well, but it's not so much just about the finished product, but it's about the process of getting there. And I, I kind of equate that to the, to the records because there's something about taking a, a, a vinyl record out of the sleeve and putting it on and reading the liner notes and putting that needle on that's um, the, an enjoyable process. and there's not so much just more intention, finished product. too. Yeah.
1: There's mindfulness, intention
3: you're slower. Mm -hmm.
1: These are things that people are talking about. Like, you know, you go to your retreats to gain like, and and we're so aware that the world is moving so damn fast and Mm -hmm. everything's coming at us. Just, we have, like you said, instant access to anything, anywhere all the time and just stopping sometimes, you know, it's like coming back to your breath. It's just coming back to something slower. And, uh, and taking a moment.
3: Yeah.
0: I had a friend in high school. Uh, shout out to uh, Johnny Cunan. How you doing? DJ Scare Bear. Who... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have him on the podcast a soon. He's DJ been... Name, he's by he's the been way. Up to. Yeah, yeah. Sca- Scare, Scare Bear. Bear yeah. Scare Bear. Yeah. That's good. DJ Scare Bear. That's great. Scare um, Bear's
1: reference. You may yeah. be too young for.
0: And he... I I was always a very fast paced person like I rode my bike or I I rode my skateboard to the subway even though it was only a block away just to get there faster and I like down the stairs and Mm -hmm. I had to get to the right door so that I could uh, like be at the right spot to get into the train so that once I got off I was right at the stairs and then I'm you know every three stairs getting out of there and huffing through and Johnny didn't go at that speed. And he taught me such a valuable lesson, like junior and senior year, when we would hang out or walk the streets together. Where he, and he would just be like, slow down, man. Slow down. You got somewhere to be? And it was like, you know, like it felt <laughs> like I did. But I think that was just like the wind in my back being like, go faster, go faster, go faster. Yeah. And so I would intentionally from time to time, even without Johnny, and I still do it to this day, and I think about him. I think about you every time I slow down, man. I just think like sometimes even do the math in my head to back it up, where I'm like, okay, instead of driving a little bit too fast today, what if you only went the speed limit? Like, (laughs) slow down. Take a look. Not so much when you're driving, but walking, whether it's in the city, or here, Mm. or on a bike, or whatever it is is that you're doing, taking that breath and knowing, like, it's all good. You're here. You're here. Now. Yeah, and so... Be here now. Be here, exactly. So I, I just want that Long, long loop of of records as they continue to spin round and round. But I think that that is a practice that everybody should have, you know, close to them and finding ways to keep that tempo in such a high paced world. So DJ Scare Bear, appreciate you, my man. Always Here's to you, DJ Scare Bear. Here's to DJ Scare Bear. So when you decided to open this B and B, um. What what kind of sparked the decision like now's the time to do it? Was it the property itself or was it the uh, time I in your lives?
1: There. So, it, it was the time in our lives. We had uh, so the first date that Terry talked about, we had a 20th anniversary of that first date. Normally not celebrating first date anniversaries, but we went up and actually stayed at the Inn at Kenmore Hall. Another phenomenal place up here. And we just stayed there one night. I had a beautiful time, just a lovely evening. And as soon as we went back, I started Googling linen sheets because l- I slept in linen sheets for the first time, and they were phenomenal. And I found Brooklinen, and I bought some Linen sheets, and we kept talking. We're like, remember when we used to want to do this? It was like, yeah. That Monday, I was like, well, you know, maybe when the kids are out of school. By Wednesday, I was like, well, why are we waiting for the kids to get out of school? <laughs> <laughs> By Saturday, literally we came up and started, we looked at one property, that property. We were there for two hours on our first visit. And we came back the next day and made an offer. (laughs) I mean, four weeks after the whole thing, four weeks after that one night of staying at at Kenmore Hall and having zero intention of rekindling this dream that was shelved. He had good insurance. He had a good <laughs> job. I was yeah. living in Jersey. The kids were growing. Everything's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> we went belly up, just turned it around. And he gave notice of 23 years of work. And we put an offer on a house that we said, what the heck are we doing? But it was sometimes the universe speaks to you. Totally. And when you hear it and you know it's right and you take action on it, works and this is exactly what happened it
3: it, it seemed like a very reckless decision and at at the time i mean i'm not a reckless person i worked for union square hospitality group for 23 years so i'm not a person that bops around a lot (laughs) i'm very like stay 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 the course don't uh jump around and and this um dream of ours had been as i mentioned before it, it had been shelved for a while because you, at a certain point, you know, you make these ideas, these dreams when you're a kid. Uh, and then all of a sudden reality starts setting in and you're responsible and then you have kids and mortgages, mortgages and, and you get um, promotions and life feels really good. And then you go, well, maybe... And we're gonna stay. Maybe we won't go that path anymore. Maybe we'll 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 try this new path. And um, it, it, at a certain point, I think we kind of we put that B and B dream on a shelf, and it was uh, do not resuscitate. Um, and um, but the truth of the matter is, and I'll I'll, I'll say this, um, you know. Um, with no hesitation. I I loved my time working with Danny and Union Square Hospitality Group, every moment of it. Um, But at, at a certain point... You reach a level where it's wonderful because you get lots of great promotions and titles, and they pay you more money than you thought you could ever uh, get. You started as a waiter, um, yeah. When you started as a waiter and you're just hacking away, you know, paycheck to paycheck, white linen cloth to white linen cloth, yeah, right. And and uh, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I, I could do this for the rest of my life, and and I loved it. But to be honest. Um, the last you know, handful of years, um, I often find, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but the higher you get up in your position, in your role, sometimes the more removed you become from the things that you loved to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in my last few years with the company, I was overseeing six different businesses. And you can't be in six places at one time. And so suddenly you're, you were working in restaurants and now you're, yeah. you're really working meetings in meetings. and HR and lawyers. And you're dealing with a lot of nonsense and you know, there's that old term of like, that's why you, they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> you deal with the shit. You, <laughs> deal, you deal with the HR you issues put the and you're putting the fires out. And, and it, it becomes to the point where you're like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm not loving what I love doing. Anymore. And so, you know, there came, it was this perfect like collision mm. of that moment of me feeling very questioning wow, do I really have this in me to finish the race doing this? And then we went and stayed, you know, for that anniversary. And I'll preface this by saying, I think Frank and Scott are tired of, of us telling this story because they're like, "All right, you guys have gone on record many times, so uh, if they're listening, this will be the last time we speak of this."
0: It's now public, and anytime you want to tell it, you can just revert yeah, it back to episode. But like, you know,
3: I adore them, and they they've become friends, and and um, but it was a weird thing because we showed up that day having zero, like, the idea of us being B and B owners was so shelved. And it, it literally just jostled that memory. And we sat there that night going, God, remember when we used to want to do this? And to the point where, like Terry just said, th- from that night, four weeks later. It, it didn't stop. It just, I Four weeks later, I, we made an offer at 98 Division Street and I quit my job yeah. of 22 years at yeah. the time. It was that Fast and furious, and I and I I literally was so conscious because I thought, oh man, these guys are going to totally think that we were there on like a spy mission, just like yeah. <laughs> taking B and B notes. We
1: did steal things from them. We, we steal yeah. things. We steal <laughs> ideas. We,
3: didn't we stole steal a handful things. of ideas, yeah. but ideas. they're they're best in class. They're very so, kind. so even on our best day, we can't compete no. with them. But I remember <laughs> I sent it. I sent an email to to Scott saying. I swear to God we had zero intention of um, do of Riffing. doing this and thank you because you inspired us so much yeah. isn't Any, anyway. is it
0: what's the age-old saying imitation <laughs> is the greatest form of flattery and I think yeah. that yeah. is a great example of that that yeah. you guys were inspired you so guys inspired and and it wasn't like that was the first time the idea came up but it really brought you to a Let's, it helped
1: us remember something in. that, exactly, lean yeah. into to something that you felt very passionately, but you didn't have, we didn't have the money, we didn't have the know-how, it was just an idea yeah. when we were young and inspired. Yeah. And then we had the money and we had the know-how and we we're like, oh, we, we can actually do this now. Yeah. And we figured, and then people have asked, you know, is it all you thought? Is it more? Is it le-? I I don't know what it's like to have a real job anymore <laughs> i haven't had a real job in a long time i when our second child was born and, and they're now she's now 13 i stopped working so leaving my home and commuting and going to a job and punching and punching out has stopped you know 13 years ago
0: and the real work began. Yeah, and the real work began. Yeah, but, exactly. the, but, the, but what I mean
1: is that division of, you know, yeah. I, now I'm here and now I'm there. Home and work. Right. So when we started talking about this, I was like, well, uh, you know, I make beds and I clean toilets and I do laundry <laughs> on a daily basis and I cook. At, so it's just for more people, right? Uh-huh. So what's the big deal? And I had no idea, you know, what really what we were getting into. But uh, all of this to say, I have never felt more me i haven't felt more me in years this space um not just the space that we're in and we're working in but the community that we live in yeah. the area that we live in the the roads i drive on to run my errands oh my god i'm so lucky this is my work yeah one day We're cleaning rooms, and it's us, Terry and I. uh, There's no staff. Yeah, we do it all. Which, thank God, (laughs) in this staffing crisis right now that we don't have to hire employees. But he comes downstairs, and he goes, I've told this story before. He goes, I live in a mansion that I otherwise could not afford, (laughs) and strangers come and sleep in my mansion, and I cook them breakfast, and they pay me money, and and I clean up up after them. (laughs) And because of this... I don't have to get a real job. I said, yep. It's my life. This is our life. (laughs) And we see our children every day. And the work what where I was going with that punch in, punch out, the work is never done. No. And your day is never over.
0: No.
1: But you're off and on throughout your time, that work life balance exists. There's no like you know, there's breakfast service, there's certain cleaning time, there's certain times of things, but it there's a flow. Between uh, with my dog or my kids or my, you know, in my house and work life, that's so, so
0: beautiful. Do you feel like your work life balance is where you want it to be right now? Yeah. What are you, three years in? Two, 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 two a little over in. two. A little over two. So, two years in is typically a good benchmark to be like, all right, yeah. let's evaluate where we're at. Well,
3: I, I, I would say this. I mean, it's, as Terry just mentioned, it, it's just us. Um, you know, we do all the f- cooking, check-ins, cl- flips, room cleaning, beds, bath, you know, it's just us. And it's funny because that's if sometimes that's like an an inconceivable thing. Like we we um last weekend we had um uh, Will Gadara and Christina Tozi came over for dinner <laughs> and we were talking and they're like you, wait, you do the cleaning? You do it all, and like they, that was like they, that was inconceivable <laughs> to them. They're like, "What
1: are you talking well, about?" You run a business, right? Yeah. You yeah. have employees, I'm right? I'm
3: like, yeah, not everyone's Will Godera, buddy. <laughs> like, some <laughs> of us actually fucking roll up our sleeves and do the work, you know. Right. Well, I, I mop
0: my own kitchen. Yeah. Not all of
3: us have milk bar money, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, the but the. shout out, (laughs) shout out milk bar if you're listening and will. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, um, the way I look at it is I'm, I'm 51 years old. I'll be 52 in November. I I still feel very able-bodied and I can do the work. So I'd rather, um, I'd rather roll up my sleeves and do it. Um, and then, you know, make the yeah, business and save you know, the money and put it back into it and, and you know, build up our our retirement. And then, you know, because usually in a and b you do it like in this sort of twilight of your life until, you know, whatever. And we'll probably finish this until we retire. And so but at a certain point, I I would like to hand the bed-making and vacuuming over to someone else. Okay, yeah. I love cooking. I Actually, it's funny because I spent my entire life in restaurants, but I never cooked. But I always was that guy that would like pick the brains of chefs and be like, hey, what are you doing there? And then I would go home and try it and fuck it up five times. And then on the sixth time, it would Lime be like, good, good enough. Yeah. And I was like,
0: yeah. Hey, Terry, you want to come over for dinner? I'm yeah. making this galette. But I've always
3: like loved, you know, I mean, like, you know, working at Maialino, I was like, Cacio e Pepe, that looks really easy. I could do that. It's, it's you know, Black pepper cheese and pot and I How hard get could that be? Very hard if you don't know what the <laughs> hell you're doing. And and so anyway, I now I'm I'm the breakfast cook. And I I think secretly I always wanted to be like a short a short order breakfast cook because I <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, so I think I'll always want to do that, yeah. but I, uh, but I could, one day I'll want to uh, do, We'll, we'll with hand over the house yeah, but, but for now <laughs> to answer your question, uh, right now it's totally manageable because here's the thing that I've, I've used this analogy before and I've noticed a theme, uh, in the podcast that I've watched here so far about farming. I'm not a farmer, <laughs> but I will say this, um, I like to uh, joke that I live the life of a farmer now because. You're in the Berkshires. uh, I know, I know, I know. But what I mean by that is previous, my old world, my old job was so stressful. There was so much heavy stress nonsense that I would deal with. And I would get to the end of my week and it would just be like overwhelming. And you remember I would E-ma- take so when we would take so many meetings, my days so off, yeah it would take me a full day and there were no to days decompress off. from the stress that I was dealing with. And then you have maybe a, a day of non-stress and then you start getting like those those Sunday scaries again where Back you're like Monday. stressed of what are you gonna walk into on Monday? And that was my world for a long time. And I will say this, Um, now there's zero stress in making beds or, you know, I wake up early every morning and I cook bacon and I, I bake muffins and I do breakfast service. And then I, um, you know, I, I flip rooms and make beds and do this and that, and I vacuum and it's physically taxing but there's n- zero stress involved with that, and then at night I sleep like a baby. <laughs> so that's what I mean about yeah. the life of a farmer, and that it's a lot of physical yeah. uh, work because it's seven days a week. Yeah. There's yeah. no days off when you're running a bed. Especially now, in the midst of, of August, it's just seven days a week, Flat full yeah. full. But I don't house. know what day it is sometimes. Yeah. It's every yeah. Day, yeah, is every Saturday. day is is Saturday <laughs> now, but it's but it's great because make uh, again a farmer term make hay while the sun shines, right? That's right. And, and so from that point of view, but I just um, I love it because it doesn't stress me out. So I can handle the physical work um, because it's just it's that that's no problem. But it's it's not having that mental stress mm. that constantly weighs on you. That is um, I, I am relieved to not deal with.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about service. For a little bit, because um, service was something that kind of came second for me when I started, when I opened Cantina. I wasn't, I had never really been a server. Uh, you know, I just started coming up in the cook's world, and so my focus was food yeah. and, Back and atmosphere, because... I like the vibes and whatnot. But it wasn't really until year two that I was like, okay, there's, there's work to be done here, and there's, there's a lot of room for growth. Not that we had maxed out the kitchen and we thought we were putting out the best food ever, and now we had to make the front of house better. Um, but I think that it's something that is oftentimes written off, and I'm very curious from both of you that have worked at some of the very best places in hospitality, right? Your last boss literally wrote the book.
1: <laughs> literally wrote the book. On
0: hospitality. <laughs> Uh, and I think that that's something that, you know, when I met both of you, I, I, I read Danny's book and I remember it kind of like revolutionized my front of house experience and I made everybody else read it and it made everything click. You know, things that you mm-hmm. saw that you were like, uh, that makes sense. He put it into words and was like, oh, that's why it worked. Yeah, yeah. duh. Yeah. Like, why didn't I say it that way? Obviously. Yeah. And when I met you guys, you embodied Everything about that book, right? Like you, you, you are fifty-one percenters. Like you, you. There, there's an aura about you that I that gravitates people towards you. That makes people feel comfortable. And I'm I'm just curious for you guys to touch a bit on on what that was like, both working there and what that's like, and what you've kind of taken from that, and what what life lessons and what things kind of resonate with you years later. Mm-hmm. Um, after having you know that experience at, at so many of these amazing restaurants with, with Danny and Mark and the oh. whole crew.
1: So much there. Uh, I'll start. Yeah, please. I remember um, when I was at Gramercy, and they were talking about us being uh, our rating in the Zagat, which was always either one or two, back and forth with Union Square Cafe, Danny's other restaurant at the time, uh, for favorite restaurant. And I remember him saying once, We didn't get voted best food. It wasn't even best service. It was just that it was their favorite. It was a je ne sais quoi. And it's how you feel when you're there. How do you feel? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Any place you go, any restaurant, a Waffle House, a McDonald's, the finest restaurant in the world, if you feel good when you're there, your experience is better. No matter where you are, it's, it's how you feel. And, and it's, I, earlier I talked about uh, creating spaces for people to have their moments. So we've, there's a chair, there's a table, there's a beautiful setting. Here is a, a, a studio set for your movie moment to happen. What happens there is up to you. How do you feel when you're there? What is this space making you you know feel? To engage you, and I, 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 think that the the biggest thing of the fifty one percent of Danny Meyer is being able to empathize with other people, being able to relate to other people, and embrace people and bring people into your space and say you are welcome here. I want you to have a great time. It's just like you, it's. If you don't have hospitality in you, you will not care about how another person is having an experience. That's the fifty one percent. You can learn how to serve a drink, you can learn how to take an order. If you care about what this person is experiencing, you're a fifty one percenter. Yeah, I, I call it awareness want, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want people to have a great time. Yeah. We so want people when they come to our home when they come to Granville house to have the best experience. If it's one night, five, they do, I want people to come in and go, Oh, this feels so good. And it's, yeah, it looks good or whatever. It tastes good. There's just something about it that it just feels good. Cause that's all life is moments, good moments mm-hmm. strung together in a big long line, you know, of feeling good. And it's, I don't know how to make people care, but when you do, you get it. And Danny gets it, and I drink the
3: Kool-Aid. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that 100%. And And I would just say, you know, we were very fortunate because we started in the company when it was just two restaurants. It was just Union Square Cafe and Gramercy Tavern. And, I mean, it obviously has gone on so much bigger, and then not even considering Shake Shack, which is, <laughs> yeah. you know, otherworldly. But, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to have been there when, you know, when we were at Gramercy Tavern, Danny had an office in the basement of Gramercy Tavern, and was Tom's there office every, was there. yeah, and Tom Colicchio's <laughs> office was right next door, and, you know, we, we were there, and he was there every day, and... Um, It was, um, you know, so there's that moment where you say, I knew them when, but also I will say this about Danny. Um, He is who he is, and he is just genuinely himself. And I I remember, you know, there was a point where, you know, I was just a youngling starting as a waiter, and I was like, oh, whatever, you know. And then, um, you know, you get... Higher up, and 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 I remember, like, you know, towards the last few years that I was there, you start, you know, you get more confident and cocky and whatnot, and and um, there, there's a moment that I remember about about Danny that I just, I, I, I like to share, which is, even at that level, I mean, and this was Shake Shack was a publicly traded company, and he was uber uber successful, and and you get. I noticed another through line of, of some of these um, podcasts that I've watched are, are reviews, Yelp reviews and whatnot, you know. Oh, we're going to get to that soon. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I've got I, a doozy I need to your share. your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I remember, you know, there were times where we would get a, someone would write a complaint and, like, you would read it and, like, I'd sit down with him and... If I'm being really blunt, like, you're like, this person is out of their fucking mind. You know, this is ridiculous. And he always, always. no matter what, would say, What can we learn from this? Yeah. And I'd say, What well, we can learn from this is this person's just out of control. They're <laughs> ridiculous. And he would say, No, there's got to be something we can learn from this. So, like, you know, I, I was like, Anakin Skywalker being like, fuck this person! <laughs> and he was like, Obi-Wan, like, just Zen, just be cool. What What can we learn from this? Use the Force. <laughs> and and I was like, damn. And, and even at that level, like, where you know, he's worth like you know, don't hundreds even... of millions of dollars and he could just, he could honestly just be like, this person's an asshole. Yeah. He never did. No. He never did. He was always... His, his position on it was always any feedback, there's something we can learn from. Even if you, Terry, if you think this person is out is of line, let's just invest in the time to say, is there some nugget that we can get better and learn something from? And I always admired that from, about him.
0: Yeah, my, my feeling has always been <clears throat> if, if somebody has a bad time, to a certain extent, that's valid, right? Yeah. Even if it's in their own reality, their own Strasburgs. Mm-hmm. Even if they were having a bad day, if something made somebody feel like they weren't having a good time, if our goal at the restaurant is for everybody to be happy, mm-hmm. to yeah. find their happy place, to to enjoy what they're having. It it doesn't need to be the best meal. You know, it doesn't need to be the best dish you've ever had. It doesn't need to be the best cocktail or the, be- the best. But if, if you're enjoying yourself, then we're doing our job well. And I always said to the staff the same exact thing, which is like, if, if somebody walks out of there, we need to accept that as valid because yeah. that is their perception of it. Yes. And I take the same standpoint of like, read between the lines and figure it out. Because if we can figure out how to make that person's experience better, Everybody else is a lot easier. Oh, yeah. The challenging ones are the, actually the ones. That's where you learn. Yeah, that's where you learn. And even if somebody comes in, they're a challenging customer, right? And then we see them on the book and we're doing precepts and we're like, oh, gosh, you know, like so-and-so is in tonight. It's like, let's band together as a team and let's make sure they have the best night of their yeah. life tonight. Why would we do that, you know, chef? Like, come on. Like, they, they suck and they, they never tip well <laughs> and, like, yeah. they always, like, complain and make all kinds of crazy requests and then you do it. I don't know why you keep doing these requests for them. And yet they, they complain anymore. I said, let's, let's just do it again. Let's yeah. do it again and see what happens.
1: There's a, uh, my mom always said to kill them with kindness. Yeah. Know? Kill them with kindness was a way. But it, it's, there's something in... Human beings want to be seen and heard and validated. All of us. We're here just to see me. And there are times that, to use one of Danny's things... People all have signs and, yeah. and we'd say, like, read their sign. What is their sign to him? what does their sign say to you? And if we are able to read another person's sign and let our own ego out and, and it's not us, it's not personal, and say, What what does this person need? Where where can I meet them? And you know when people feel seen, when people feel you've you read my sign, you saw me. Mm-hmm. And we're kind. And, or I came at you and you disarmed that. And, and you, I'm human and you're human and we're connecting. The, it, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to just allow people to, to be connected. And yeah. sometimes it's those, as you would use to say, a difficult guest or something that is just someone who's really wanting to be seen. Needing to be heard in a different way.
0: Yeah. I, uh, that makes me think, as as you, Terry, were saying, as you kind of go up the ladder, you start to lose the connection to what mm. made you fall in love in the first mm. place. Yeah. And for me, it has always been the people. It was never the food. It was always the people. And recently, because I have not been in the restaurant so often, when I am in there, I'm usually doing something quickly and then moving on. And I've had a number of guests that are regulars from the past shed a lot of disappointment and like frustration Mm -hmm. with me of like, why aren't you coming over and saying hi to us?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's hard. Yeah. Like, why why aren't you sitting with us and having a drink? And I'm like, well, I I just dipped in to grab to give them this extra bag of towels and dinners on the table at home. Yeah. Yeah. But. And part of me has been in that, like, just just keep moving. Like, Somebody else is going to give them that attention. Mm-hmm. They're going to get mm-hmm. it from somebody else. My staff has done an amazing job of trying to embody that same spirit of you got hugged and kissed by Josh and Emily on the way in mm-hmm. and on the way out. Yeah. But recently, it was a taco night, which is fast casual. So people sit, they grab their table, and then usually one person waits at the table, the others go up and get drinks and food. And a woman was sitting there by herself, this is a regular that I probably had one or two of these interactions with, where it was like, why, why, why aren't you, you're, you're always with us, why, why aren't you here? And I saw her sitting by herself, and I, and I felt it, this, this need. Mm. And I went over there, I grabbed her shoulders, and I gave her a kiss on the cheek. And she turned and she said, how did you know? Hmm.
3: Oh.
0: How did you know? And she smiled, and she started to tear. Oh and it was so clear in that moment and and that is something now that we're surfacing this conversation it makes so much more sense in my head and that's that's why i love talking with people that like have the same goggles yeah. that i have you know because as we're discussing this now i do need to recognize that that part of the book that that part of the of the culture is knowing when the right time is. Yeah. And and that was the most important thing to do in that moment. Not getting that bottle of wine from the basement for the mm-hmm. bartender, not getting more ice for the bartender, not getting more tortillas for the, she was what needed it in that yeah. moment.
3: But you said something very interesting that I I, I think is, uh, is really important to note is that evolution happens. I mean, you know, I lived for years at USHG where you have the real, real old-timers that are like, I remember when Danny worked the floor at Union Square Cafe. And that was obviously a really special time. And um, it can't always be that way yeah. because things evolve, right? And But the key that you said that I, I think is really important is that the, the goal and the hope is that You train your team to be an extension of you, and the
1: embodiment of ownership. The embodiment,
3: you know, Danny. I remember the greatest compliment we used to get, and this was, you know, when we had like seven, eight, nine, ten restaurants. You know, and people would come in and they'd be like, "Oh my God, it's so great!" Does Danny Meyer do all the hiring? And obviously, that's (laughs) not possible. (laughs) No, he can't because you're dealing with, you know. Thousands, yeah. thousands <laughs> at that point of employees. I, think I read
0: that at the beginning of COVID, yeah. COVID had to lay off three thousand employees. Yeah. Or something I like mean, that. when I, you know, when I left
3: USHG, I was overseeing probably somewhere in the range of five hundred employees, just under my uh, watch of the businesses that I ran. Um, so it was thousands. Um, but in a way, Danny did do all the hiring because mm. he hired the individuals that now do the hiring, that do the hiring, that do. Mm -hmm. And so it really is important because, yeah, you know, look, we can all agree that this is a really, it's a hard business and it demands a lot out of you. And it is particularly difficult on individuals that have families. Um, Restaurants are great when you're single, <laughs> and, young and single. And you're, you're you're, you know and you to can, go, and you can you know be out until three in the morning every night and sleep in. <laughs> but it's not great when you've got a a wife and and kids and and responsibility on on that level. And so I I feel that um, pain that when people are like, God, it's not the same. Josh used to hang out with us, but like. It's evolution, but the key is how do you um, train your team to, keep to, it to feeling take that the same baton way. and keep it feeling yeah. the same way and carrying the essence of your
0: hospitality, even mm. when you're not there? Yeah. Rafa, did I tell the story about the massage guy yet on the podcast?
2: You have, but why not again? Okay, so I don't I'll, think you guys have heard.
0: I'll, I'll do it I don't quickly, think I've heard the massage guy because this, this wraps our, our, our topic that we're on right now. Rafa and I had just finished doing a little pop-up. I was walking him to his car, and some guy comes running out to me in the parking lot. I was like, excuse me, are you the owner? I said, and I was, I was defeated for who knows what reason was that day. Um, I said, a multitude uh, of reasons. Uh, <laughs> who's asking? Yes. asking? Yes. And he said, I just wanted to let you know we, we were just driving by, and so my wife and I stopped in, and Jeff who is my host, who has never worked in a restaurant before until May 25th of this year when he came on at Cantina. Jeff was fantastic, took such great care of us, made us feel so special, and he told me everything that I need to know about you. Wow. He's like, I know you. I completely know you. Awesome. And then he recommended I read a book called Culture. And he was like, it's a great book. I just finished reading it. You're going to love it. In fact, this like restaurant tour in New York, Danny, somebody like worked on the book with them and like, you should check it out. And so like that, that was a moment of, you know, there are highs and there are lows and that was definitely a high moment of like, first of all, props to the staff because they got it and that makes me so happy and nothing makes me happier than seeing happy employees and happy customers getting the proper experience that isn't about me. It isn't about Emily. is isn't Mm -hmm. about the food. is isn't about this. It's about the feeling. So uh, we should all hope that that can be continued. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with this attention to detail and such care that you guys clearly have soaked up and are now pouring out (laughs) of yourselves, I want to know... How do you deal with in your business and also from your experience in restaurants the the negative beyond the just the weird the weird Yelp guy or whatnot? but like really, let's let's put let's put aside the what can we learn from it yeah and and truly because i had dinner at cantina this evening with emily and jasper right before we came down here and i'm looking around and the sun is out and it's beautiful and the food was awesome and i was so happy and i was like you know what love it or don't you know love it or don't because this this feels so right to me i feel Mm -hmm. like this is this is nailing it um could I have made a couple of tweaks or would I give some suggestions? Sure. But like I was so happy with my experience, with the quality, with the food, everything. Yeah. And I just want to know, like, where, where do you draw the line and, and how do you deal with when people are not getting your vision?
1: Before you go there, earlier you said, because I, I, want, your ta- I want your review, I want your opinion. Before you start talking about it, I think that we share our opinions way too much these days. <laughs> and we, I think our opinions matter way too much these days. But it goes back to what I was saying about human beings want to be seen and heard mm. and validated in some way. And the days of a say food critic or restaurant reviewer or hotel reviewer are gone and everyone who has a computer is now a reviewer yeah. and has the ability to go I feel this way. And we have been incredibly fortunate to have amazing guests who feel really good. Yeah. But.
3: So, so I, I will say this. I'm, how do I say this? I'm hypersensitive to, (laughs) like, I want everything to be perfect. I, I am definitely, she always tells me regularly, calm down, relax. But I want, like, I want it to be excellent. I want to be perfect. I want to be the best at what I do. Um, And so I have that real competitive streak in me. And, you know, um, I think for me, we are very fortunate because the massive majority of all of our guests get what we do, love what we do. And, And I would say overwhelmingly... Um, we have just guests. It's a love fest. I love our guests. They love what we do, and it just works out great. And I would say it's um, 80% is that intense. And then there's another eight, 19% that's fine, great. Um, fine. They're wonderful. They're, they're And then there's that small little amount. And I think the thing that my pet peeve is is um, guests that treat... Granville House is a transactional experience because to me, a bed and breakfast is very different It's very personal mm-hmm. You're staying in my home yeah. right and your so, mansion yeah, <laughs> my mansion <laughs> that I can otherwise never afford <laughs> uh, but um it is you're you're sleeping under my roof, and so it is a very personal experience, and I think for the most part, most people that stay in a bed and breakfast they get that, and they understand the nuance and and the cadence of a bed and breakfast. And I'm not trying to suggest that I want to like be your BFF every guest that comes in, (laughs) but there's something about that personal experience. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is, and it's very rare, doesn't happen often, but when it does, when someone is what I call um, dismissively transactional, where they just, they don't give a shit. They just are looking for just, just, just Cut it out! You, just give, you, send me to my where's my room and and leave me alone. I don't want to even talk to you. And um, yeah. and th- those a, are the I'm a waitress. At those the table. are the situations the that, kind of the just, yeah, that, that kind of get under my skin. And it's not a power problem. thing where I'm no. I'm the owner. It's just you're not getting what we're doing. Yeah. You know. So those are the moments that get under my skin. But but I think to to directly answer your question, we've been very very lucky. Um, with very we've had we've been very fortunate to have very positive reviews right our reviews with, whether it's through booking.com or google or or yelp or or whatever have all been very positive um yelp is an interesting one because mm. i know that um, you guys have discussed yelp on mm. the previous podcast and i will say this um i really I don't like Yelp and we have, we have, I, we don't have many reviews on Yelp. I want to say it's less than 10 and they're all perfect. If five out of five or 10 out of 10, I don't know. But the Yelp people reach out and they're like, hey, this is so-and-so from Yelp. I noticed you've never claimed your business before and da-da-da-da-da. And let, let's work together and how we can get more traction. And I just don't return the calls because yeah. <laughs> like I know Yelp exists and I know that Yelp People are gonna leave reviews on Yelp, and that's just fine. By saying the word Yelp say, over and over. Yeah, promoting but it. um, <laughs> but I I refuse to um claim our Yelp. Me too. Account. I, I won't do it. I haven't because claimed I don't it. want to do it. And they keep reaching out, and I just refuse. They've reached out like twenty times, and I don't return their calls <laughs> because I'm like I I don't like Yelp. I don't like what you stand for, and so I won't I won't play ball with you. But um to the question of um Sorry. reviews um, w- you know we we have we got our first like bomb review what yeah i'm going to go there yeah, I'm gonna yeah go we're going to go there we had our first <laughs> Shh, <Terry>. bomb <laughs> review and no, it it was a, go- a google review. review and i i don't know how many but we have like 50 google reviews and i think it's five stars and forty-nine of them, I'm paraphrasing, but forty-nine of them are five stars. And then we got a one star. And they can't give zero. It's either yeah. they, they they won't allow that. And um, I it was funny because I braced myself. I kept saying once we open, I'm like, I know it's gonna kill me when we get a really shitty review. <laughs> Cause I get I'm I have a thin skin that way because I really as care. much as I say I don't, I care so I don't much. give a shit, I, so, but I do care. So I care a lot. So and, and I would be more bummed if someone gave us a three and said they weren't that warm and the breakfast was mediocre. That would fucking devastate me. Like I would probably like lose sleep for <laughs> yeah. three nights over. It. <laughs> yeah. But this review was just the silliest review in the world. And what was funny was it came like 18 months after the experience, which was... We had a couple that was, um, they were on their honeymoon, and they were there for like five or six nights, and um, they were a young couple, and, and um seem nice enough. If they're listening, you were nice enough. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're listening. <laughs> but um, basically, the next, the first morning, you know, and, and you've been to the house. It's a, it's a house. It's not a massive hotel, and there's not concrete walls in between and whatnot, and we're in the Berkshires, where cannabis is completely legal, and I great go nuts, but it is a, a non-smoking house yeah. where you can't light up a joint in your room. And um, that morning, like I'm sitting there cleaning rooms, and the entire house, our teenager was the one who was like, "Mom, it smells like pot." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it does. and like. <laughs> It just permeated the entire house. Like it was not just sequestered to their room. And so we knocked on the door and we we said, hey, I'm so sorry. I get it. You were in Massachusetts, go nuts, but you can't smoke inside your room. It's smelling up the whole house. Oh, okay. And then like an hour and a half later, the same thing. And so we had to knock again and be like, yo, what is, like, I'm not sure what you didn't understand the first time, but this, you know, you can't smoke in your room it's a non-smoking it is literally affecting the entire house and they're like okay fine what's medical and I was like okay that's fine but you still can't smoke in your room and so they left and 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 left for the day and then they texted me later and they were like hey this might not work out for us um if we just like pack up and leave, would you give us our deposit back? And I said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's do that. And um, win, win. So that was it. Win, win. We lost out on, you know, whatever for the stay, but it was, it was what it was. And then 18 months later, (laughs) out (laughs) of the woodwork. And I remember the husband, it was funny because we went back and forth and he said, would you give us our deposit back if we just said, if we left? And I said, no problem. All good. And he said, great. No, and his exact words, no hard feelings. I said no hard feelings.
1: There were other issues. That was, yeah, the, that the, was the the biggest the part. The others, but there were the.
3: But ones. anyway, eighteen months later, they left this scathing review. But the weirdest thing about the review was, it was they they wrote the story without naming no the context. elephant in the room. They were like, you know, they said I was lurking place, around the. They halls. lurk under the hall. They what? lurk around I, the halls and play, you know, and treat you like children. <laughs> And like (laughs) you know, and reprimand and and reprimand you and da 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 da, da, and they lurk around. And I'm like and then I but and so I read it and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I, I took great pride. I typically do not respond to reviews and I probably should. Because uh, I think a responsible business owner, even with a good review, says, thanks so much. I just don't, I don't have time and I haven't been able to do that. But this was, rooms. this was the room, <laughs> this was the review where I said, I'm going to respond to this one. Yeah. And if you go on our Google page and read our reviews, it's, it's, I I felt very, very positive about my response. I can't wait was, to see how you, you wrote are, this out. Like, I don't even understand where you're coming from, yeah. but... Let me tell you my side of he the needed, story. Uh,
1: he needed uh, many hours
3: to yeah. calm down yeah. before he wrote it out. But it's funny because a lot of guests have um, since come and they were like, yeah, we read that review. And they're yes. like, I'm like, you did? And they're like, what a bunch of nonsense. And yeah. so it, it, to me, like that was the one example where I think if you read the reviews and then read that review, you're like, okay, yeah. this, this I, was a particular
1: guest. I want to go back and I that's recording yeah, yeah so i don't know if any of will ever see it what what happened <laughs> the, earlier i said people want to be seen and heard what what did they need from us what what i don't understand i still so don't understand it's a challenge to me to understand people yeah, yeah. and see I don't understand how a year and a half later something happened. That's the that thing that killed a thought that said I need to do this and I need to put this <laughs> in writing and put it out there into the universe so that other people can see it. I need this. What I mood need to, was she
3: in a year and a half say later? This <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say I'm
1: to this place. This but but it's interesting because to go back to her husband probably
0: yelled at her for smoking pot in her bedroom in, in <laughs> Brooklyn. I don't know. <laughs> and like Honey. This, but,
1: so we, so. All that to say, t- tread lightly with reviews. We have this power to say, I think this about something. Yeah. And I think that yeah. about this place. And you you were in a bad mood. Or you just had an argument with your spouse. And it wasn't the restaurant or the hotel or the place that you're putting a review on. But that one star or that whatever just took our five to a 4.9. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. 4.8 it hurts or whatever it is it and me we're off. Super, yeah. super 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 duper lucky that we keep getting great stuff it, it, those those things matter yeah. and people just put their venom out into yeah. the world and it's like what's what do you need can i hug you can i come hug you
0: gross
2: what
1: is it that is like i'm going to get this
2: yeah.
1: meanness out yeah. i don't
2: know
0: all right, here's the next one, which, is, which has been like a, a topic that I've been talking to a lot of people about. And I think you guys are, are a great group to ask the question to. And Rafa, please feel free to uh, chime in on this conversation because we haven't discussed this yet. But I want to discuss pricing because you guys, are, you guys are truly educated diners, right? You've, you've been on both sides of the table, no pun intended. You're now part of this community in the business community, but avid supporters of so many restaurants and other businesses. And I know this. So much so that you guys threw a hospitality Christmas party last year, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> and like, what a cool thing to do. Prices are high right now on everything. Mm. And it really upsets me when people come to me and be like, oh, I just tried this, but like, it's too expensive. Mm. It's oh. too expensive. And I'm curious to know from your vantage point, having, having seen, you know, an old school world of restaurants where we weren't in this like super, super heightened, and I'm, I'm talking not just five years ago, but 10, 20 mm-hmm. years ago and how it's changed. And And what is your personal kind of perception of looking at a menu? Does price play a role in how you actually judge or judge is the wrong word, but how you, how you enjoy something is, and, and, and what, where is your where are your feelings and threshold as far as pricing in restaurants for food and beverage right now? So
3: I'll start with that in that, um, you know, and, and I'll talk about restaurants, but I'll also relate it to what we do. Um, to me, there's a difference between price and value. What's the what's the, what's the value? Um, because anything right. You, you, you can have a hamburger Right. And you can get a hamburger at McDonald's on a dollar menu or you can get a hamburger at Prairie Whale or, you know, gazillion other places. Um, but I think for me. I always look for what's the value proposition and, and, and what is, what am I getting for that um, price? And it's not just the hamburger, but, but it's the overall experience, you know? Um, and so it's a loaded question also to ask because I've been on the inside and I know how hard it is to run restaurants. I know how expensive it is to run restaurants. I know um, that, you know, people think that as a restaurateur, you're like just, you have a money tree in your backyard and that is the furthest thing from the truth. And I know the challenge of trying to, you know, it drives me crazy when you hear people, you know, say about like, uh, you know, the the disparity between front of house and the back, well just pay them more. Well, it's it's just not that easy, you know. I mean, I know Danny obviously tried uh,
1: hospitality included valiantly
3: with hospitality included and it was really difficult yeah you know, it was really difficult to be at the the um at the 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 front end of you know the the front of that trying to trying to manage that and deal with it um but it's you know i mean running a restaurant it's gotten more everything has gotten more expensive you know um food costs have gotten more expensive rents have gotten more expensive um technology yeah. adds to things that never existed back in the 80s, you know, that now it's like there's so many additional expenses. So I, I get it. For, for me, what I always look at is just what's the value perception, you know? And, and, and to, to tie it back to what we do at, at, at Granville House, like I know that, you know, one of the things that I learned from Danny is, is how do you create value? Right. Because Danny never wanted to be the most expensive restaurant. You know, Gramercy Tavern back in the day when we were there was an amazing restaurant because it was trying to, you know, it was on the level of the Daniels and the Jean Georges and the, the se's and whatnot. And those are all four star restaurants. And Gramercy was a three star restaurant, and I think, intentionally because... Mm-hmm he wanted it to be comfortable and he wanted it to be yeah. approachable thank you yeah. that's that's the more appropriate word and you know when we created our pricing for Granville house i very much had danny sort of on my shoulder sort of whispering in my ear what's where's the value perception make sure because make no mistake i know we're not cheap you know staying at granville house you can easily stay somewhere else in the Berkshires, Southern Berkshires, or even Great Barrington and pay less. But I wanted to take sort of like compare us to the more classic bed and breakfast, the old schools, and say, okay, if they're priced here, let's put ourselves here, which is just a bit above, but how do we add a value perception? Mm -hmm. Whether it be with a a, a handcrafted, chocolate bar that doria makes or a a complimentary pour of bourbon Mm. that um we offer to all of our guests during their stay and even though the room is not we're never going to be the buck 25 a night place you know that you could find elsewhere we want to be comfortable in our pricing but have guests leave saying that felt worth
0: it
2: Mm. Yeah,
3: that felt worth it. That Mm -hmm. whole the the overall experience of a really um, lovingly made olive oil muffin in the morning and a a fresh breakfast and and that bourbon pour and that all those little details all added up. And I left there saying that was worth my money, you know, and not everyone agrees with that. There's still people that put value as, you know, a. Seven on on and that's, our reviews, but that's
0: but. hard to to like to force on somebody. You know, you're you're kind of taking a leap of faith too, yeah. and hoping do they recognize it? Do yeah. they do they appreciate it? And and I'm in the same boat so often. Like, what are the things? And oftentimes, I I, I always look back to all right. If if you go to a Broadway show, all right, what's that going to cost? If you go to a movie, what's that going to cost? That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are those are things that have relatively fixed. Mm -hmm. prices i mean obviously you go to see hamilton it's going to cost you a thousand bucks for a ticket and you go to see some other you know the lion well the lion king's probably expensive (laughs) too but you know some of the off-broadway knickknacks uh you know you can get for cheaper um but i'm i'm always considering that too and it it just frustrates me that people just immediately resort to that's more than i expected to pay and i feel like it it ruins it can ruin an experience. Yeah. I mean mm. you guys are a little different because people are paying fully up front, right? So yeah. like they, they have they make the choice before. Yeah, the number but, is there. But in restaurants, they're already there, they've sat down. You know, if they were smart and they did their homework, they might check out a menu online, yeah. you know. Not look at the Google how many dollar signs are next to it, but like check out the menu and be like, "All right, yeah, like this is this will work for us," as opposed to sitting down and be like, "This is th- these this is your offerings and these are your prices," you know? Yeah. But Sometimes there are things that are out of my budget, you know? I love sushi, and a friend of mine does these sushi dinners from time to time and we ball out and it's a ton of fucking money, but it's totally worth it. And this yeah. time he was doing it, you know, coming around it was 5 550 bucks a head, which is a lot for dinner. Yeah. There's no question about it. But I don't consider that a meal.
2: And I consider experience. that an experience. Yeah. And
0: I would And, they're and, priceless. and again, I paid 850 bucks for Hamilton tickets and I would happily pay $550 for four hours of eating some of the most incredible sushi right. That's right. ever,
1: it's not just what's going in here. No, it's so much more.
0: But this time around, I was like, you know what? I don't. Today is not the day to spend five hundred and fifty dollars on right. sushi. Yeah, for me, and then another five fifty for my son, who's my date, and anything weird yeah. and expensive that I like to do. It just and <laughs> and when people, I got a review recently. Somebody again lying, just being like this place has the audacity to put a 35% additional service fee so that they can pay their staff more. Yeah. And this woke establishment, I was like, all right, well, oh. first of all, it's not 35%. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, you're, you're, you're going you're out of your mind. You're just making stuff up. And, and just to <laughs> complain so hard about that, he even went into details about like, oh yeah, so and you went ahead and put an additional tip line there. Like, you're going to ask me for more of my hard-earned money for this mm-hmm. meal? Mm. And my, my, my feeling to that kind of person is, look, I can't eat out every single night. And truthfully, if I don't have the ability to tip 25% at the coffee shop, at the bakery, at a restaurant, wherever it is, then I shouldn't be there mm-hmm. in that moment. Like mm-hmm. that, if, if, if it's not a good week, it's not a good week. Right? Yeah. But it's hard, to, it's hard to set people up with that and and that was kind of a premise of this entire podcast of like, can can we create a little bit more awareness? Can we create a little bit more of a conversation to ask the questions whether it's to ownership at a better time, not in the middle of service, but sending an email being like, I'm curious, like what is this 22% model that you're doing and how has that helped your business? Because I've never seen it before and it's, it's uncomfortable for me and I, I wasn't quite sure what to do. Yes, we can have that conversation. But without the conversations, without bringing these topics up, I still feel like customers are just like, it's expensive. It's expensive. Which frustrates me because everything's expensive. Do people decide, you know what, I'm going to complain about the price of wood? No, they decide, you know what, I'm not building my house this year. Yeah. It's not happening. Yeah. I'm not spending ninety dollars for a two by four. Yeah. Yeah. But but food is something that we are so food has always been too cheap. Yeah. Right? We've abused labor for so long. It's a basic long. human right it's to a, eat food. It is.
1: And so we feel we deserve food. Yeah. And I should be able to go to a restaurant and get food. And I recognize that there are restaurants in the world that I cannot go to because they are way too expensive. And I think that we want experiences and we want to go and have that great food. And to your point, it's, the onus is on us to know, what am I willing to say is, where is it worth it to me? Because sometimes it's not even what you're eating, it's, it's how you're eating it. And if you are not truly enjoying your meal because you think it's too expensive, you're then you're stressing out over the lamb or the lobster, and you're not enjoying the yeah. lamb and the lobster, the beautiful things that are out there. I mean, go to the grocery store, and you you can buy you can buy eggs for X dollars and X dollars, yeah. and the quality is going to be somewhere in there. Yeah. And you can go eggs and get great. all organic, beautiful vegetables. I mean, we're in the, the God, the food. Opposite of the food desert is where we live, the food mm. paradise that we live in yeah. and the accessibility that we have to incredible food. Go to the farmer's market. You're going to pay more money for better food than you would if you went to Price Chopper. A tomato is not a tomato, you know. Yeah. So it's it's the consciousness of of being of making that choice. And it's up to the guests to, to say, you know, this is what's of value to me. So it, it's hard in the position, especially that you're in, where people are like, "Well, that," I feel like that wasn't worth it, yeah. because they don't see, sorry, they don't see the here's the item, and this is everything it cost to get this item to your plate.
0: Yeah, we I, I had dinner with some customer friends of mine. And they just got back from a place like uh, up, up in the Canadian Islands, near the Faroe Islands. I forget exactly what island it is. But some woman went ahead and essentially bought the island um, and all the locals that live there. Like small island. Bought and the
1: island and the locals that live yeah, there? Yeah, kind, kind of. But <laughs> she, she built
0: this, this big hotel. And the premise of the hotel was, I want the hotel to be the economy that helps get the people of this island to a better place. And written on every single menu and every single bill, it went into details where that money was going. It really broke it down for you because that was part of the experience. You're supposed to leave there getting the full picture. And there were tours from the hotel to go see in the textile place and to go see the fishermen at the pier and everything else. And it really broke it down. And they said it was, it was eye-opening to get that kind of awareness, of, of understanding of why. Yeah. For me, it's always about people, right? Like If a farmer tells me my pork is $7 a pound, I don't feel like he's price-gouging me. I may know that another guy... Is is selling it at five dollars a pound? And I can make that choice for sure. And right. the same thing with vegetables. Right. But I, I look I look beyond just is the product better, and I think about the people. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we we work with people all day long. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys work mm-hmm. with each other, but I, I work with a lot of people, and I get to enjoy a lot of people. And their lot li- their tomatoes are expensive too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just think like we need to have a better a better threshold and understanding that nobody's getting ripped off right now and if you are shame on that business yeah but but the price does not reflect just the food that goes into it it reflects the people that that worked hard Mm -hmm. yeah in the last two weeks it's been 140 degrees in the kitchen somebody yesterday said they they did a uh a temperature check in the UPS van when the guy hopped out of the back and it was 160 degrees back there. Oh, Jesus. It's hot. And I'm looking at my employees as they're sweeping the floor just thinking, should we close? Like, is this too hot? Like, is this like a heat wave? Like, we're closing. But then I think, you think the farmers are closing? Mm -mm. You think the guys that have been putting off have had so many contractor jobs that they're finally getting something? You think they're calling their clients and be like, hey, we're not going to work this week. It's too hot? -mm. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, it's, um, when, when, as we've been having this conversation, you said something that I think really resonated, which is we are fortunate in that you're right. People, when they book, they sign on the dotted line, they know what we cost. You're an interesting enigma because I should say, cantina, um, in that, um, you know, people show up probably sometimes having not done any research because it's like the hot Berkshires restaurant. I heard this place is good. Let's go, let's book. And it also is an interesting place because it's sort of this really interesting balance of casual, but like really phenomenal fine dining. And, um, so I, I can see where people might show up and say, huh? Um, but what I would say to that is you just you have to keep doing what you do because it it this area needs places like that. I, I've often said about um, Cantina, it's a really um, it's hard to it's hard to put in a box. It's hard. It's hard. People are like, it's how do you describe thing. it? And I'm like, it's really hard to say because it's not it's really difficult to. Uh, encapsulate what you guys do. And, and I was there, what was it, two, three weeks ago we had dinner there mm-hmm. um, with Jane. Um, uh, I've spent my entire life working in fine dining restaurants, and I'm challenged by that menu in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. In a good way, it keeps me on my toes. And I love that a place... Like this that Ingredients. we live in. I
1: don't know what this
2: is. What yeah. is this? And, I, and I love it. I I'm love like, that. I, I want
3: it. Because whatever it is, I want it. I want to try something new. And so, like, that to me, um, and, I, and I actually, I feel the same way. We've often joked that I feel the same way when we go to um, Prairie Well. I'll look at Prairie Well's menu. And a lot of times I'll, I'll glance over the first courses and I'm like, I don't know don't know if there's anything and then I'll just say fuck it just let's just order three or four and every time always good I love it like and I'm just like oh my god this is so damn good and so I, I just feel like restaurants like we need restaurants like that that are that that are that are that challenge and are not just fastballs down the middle but are places that are trying new things and really trying to appeal to a more, and I, I don't want to sound snobby by saying a more sophisticated palate, but more adventurous people that want to just try new things and celebrate food and and be turned on to to new experiences.
1: I think that in some ways, uh, fine dining, and not just fine dining, but
3: uh, I'm gonna
1: say something new. different. Dining. I don't know where I'm trying to go there with that. You can go to a steakhouse, get your steak. You can go, get your salad, get your burger. There's food. Food. I want my mac and cheese. I want my pizza. Here's the things. There are places that are creative with food, that are creating new things, that are saying, okay, what do we have fresh in the market today? Let's create. And that is art. And art is something that is very interesting when you try to put a price on it because it is completely. It's all suggestive, uh, subjective. Mm. Hmm. Sub- yeah. You yeah. you might look at a piece of art and go, that's shit. Mm. And I'd never pay anything for it. And the art person says, well, it's worth $3 million. And you go, well, I think it's shit, but it's worth $3 million. It is subjective. There are places, and yours is one of them, uh, with food, that is. that cre- you're creating something that's different. So it's not just sustenance. Uh, your guests are not going there just to fill their bellies. There is an experience that's going to be had in the atmosphere that you've created. There's an experience that's going to be had with the staff that you've cultivated. And there's an experience that's going to be had with the food and the wine and the beverages and the dessert. All of it is an experience. It's an artistic experience.
0: Yeah, Pete, one one of my longest servers, mentioned the other day, he was like, what if we scratched menu prices and we actually just charged by the hour for service? (laughs) (laughs) He was like... There's a weird, interesting interesting concept. concept. Shout out to Pete. Shout out to Pete. Like, you know, what what if you rolled in there and it was like, cool, like... Who, who's going to be your server? You know, you got the $150 an hour server. You got the you know the $50 an hour server. It's like, where, you is, know, you where does Pete land in that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right now, Pete's at $150 Pete's an hour.
0: Pete's yeah. top tier. Pete's, Pete's top tier. He, yeah, he's he, a good-looking he, man. He brings yeah. the heat. Yeah. Good good yeah. I want Pete. Man. Yeah. And you know what? When those bachelor parties come in, they would happily buy out the other tables that already <laughs> paid for Pete just to go ahead and book him at a higher rate, too. Yeah. This is a, like, this what is what like
3: w- Danny Meyer yeah. 2.0 I like concept I like here right now. Sure.
0: You know, it's it, but it's just a, a slight tweak of like where you're looking at and everything else. And, and and like you guys said, it's not about the transaction to me. I don't I want to so take the credit yeah. card out of it and and yeah. truthfully, if it was a matter of like how hard you squeeze somebody with your hug is is the tip yeah (laughs) yeah like that would be awesome you know and we'd have we'd have a lot of people with broken ribs i'm sure Mm -hmm. you know at the end if we could
1: pay with our feelings if we could pay with our feelings like we absolutely would you know
0: it'd be so wonderful yeah i love that well uh prices are high we know that Mm -hmm. but one thing is for sure if you are not in the Berkshires and want to come stay in the Berkshires, these two in their home are worth every single penny. And if you are in the Berkshires and you have friends coming to town, I couldn't think of a better place for them to stay. We'll Terry and Terry, care, thank man. you so much for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you. You guys are awesome it's and, such a pleasure and and, to be and keep here. keep doing it. We we missed a bunch of stuff that I still want to talk about, but we'll have you guys back. Yeah. We would Sounds love good. it.
3: Anytime. Thanks, guys.
2: All right. Can we quickly hear where we can find you guys? Where can someone find you guys? Oh yeah. Yeah. Booking um, and everything else. Yeah. Media, so uh, whatever you want to promote. We are.
3: Um, you can find us at uh, GranvilleHouseIn dot com, and uh, we are uh, at ninety Division Street in Great Barrington, and uh, I don't even know. I think our our Instagram is GranvilleHouseGB. Yeah. And, um, yeah, look us up. Come give us a visit. And we would love to have you stay with us if you're in the area. So please give us a holler.
2: Wonderful. Thanks, guys, for coming. Thank you. And reminding everybody that we're on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play and all the good places out there to listen to podcasts and YouTube as well. Uh, Give us a follow on Instagram. Uh, Please leave us a nice review. Not one of those one-star ones. No way. No, none of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: if you have an issue with us, send me an email. What's our email? What is or it?
2: come over on the podcast and we'll tell you. We'll yeah, tell even better. Face.
0: Yeah, even better. I think it's uh, podcast at bunchfeedback.com, right? Correct. Yeah, That's you can email, email us. If you have any ideas and stuff you want to talk about, if you want to be on the podcast and don't have the cojones to say it, like Terry here, uh, <laughs> uh, send us an email. We'd love to have you on. Definitely. You know, interact with us on social media because we got a lot more of these to go and we want to keep talking with great people. So, Bunch World, good night. Good night. Thank you.